disconcerting when you have big migraines like this happen. And you're about to fall in the toilet. But no, let's not take a time out. Weird. Good morning. Welcome to Christ Community Church. So thankful uh, for all of you uh, here this morning in the house. Uh, for all of you joining us online. Uh, for those in the house, I just want to comprehend to everything that used to clutter the doorway and probably cause somebody to die in a fire. It's now been relocated back to the Connect Center where it all used to be. So if you're looking for uh, a visitor card, prayer cards, uh, the offering box, coloring pages for some of those, all back there. So if you need anything, that's where you can find it. Again, thank you for being here with us this morning. I uh, just want to encourage you, if you're joining us online and you've never had before, uh, do go to ccak.com slash hello. Fill out the online uh, guest card. something that you wish to share with each and every one of us. And I pray you would give us ears to hear. You would give us spirits to understand, to interpret, to discern what it is you're saying. I pray, Father, that your will would be done this morning and that each and every one of us, whether we're here in person, whether we're joining online, whether we're joining online somewhere down the road, that we each understand that there's something in this time that you have specifically for us as individuals and that you have for us collectively as your church. I just pray right now that you would help us to put aside all distractions, that we combine our hearts, we combine our spirits, we combine our voices in lifting up our praise and our worship to you. In Jesus' name we pray.
Spring of deception. <laughs> After that will be the winter of misery and four days of summer. <laughs> four, yeah. I, we might get four days here. Is anybody really surprised? to get here this morning and see that the, the, the lot was already gone and the four buyers had been over and scraped off snow from the sidewalks and, and uh, we're just blessed by that. So thank you guys for doing that. We're kicking off just a two-week little short series uh, here called the, the Why and What of Church. And I'm going to speak today in terms of, of the why, both in uh, kind of what we call big C terms, big church. So, uh, I think something that's always been a great hallmark of Christ Community Church is that we've never been afraid to look inside, to look internal, and examine things that we've done, and say, did 
we mean by that is that that benefits the discipleship and lives of the people who, who take the time to join with us together as Christ's community group. Right? When we say did that work, we're not talking about did that result in uh, numbers that move the doors off the building or those kinds of metrics. Those kinds of metrics come to me sometimes as a result of what we do. Most times, if it's authentic, if it's real church growth, it comes because God begins to bring people together around the purpose for a purpose. And uh, in the last 20 plus years of the group that now calls itself Christ Community Church, we have been through some incredible highs and some devastating lows in every kind of metric that you can hope to measure as far as what church looks like and what church does. And so uh, while the last couple of years have been incredibly challenging, sometimes uh, greatly disappointing. And as we work towards trying to figure out exactly what are the components that we should have in place as we go forward to minister to you, with your families, with your friends, to reach into our community, um, we really felt, as we just talked through all of that, that the direction we were headed in the fall and early part, so 2019-2020, before all the shutdowns began to happen, but that's still relevant. Uh, I, I don't have time today, and I won't really have time tomorrow, so maybe I'll, I'll do something apart from this that I can share with you to, to give some of the backstory of how we got to where we are now with resources that we have available, uh, the way that uh, God allowed us to change this space for certain purposes and to do certain things. As we went back and looked at that, it was so clear that God's hand was in that because we couldn't have done it on our own. But we felt that it was appropriate for us to just kind of return to, to the purpose that God had planted in us then and pursue that. And then again, another great hallmark of Christ in the church is as we do that, as we move through these next several months, we'll be carefully looking at what we're doing and how people are responding to that and how God is moving within that give us an idea of if we're, if we're going in the right direction or if we need to adjust. And so one of those examples that I'll give you is related to uh, performing arts, theater arts, concerts, music, that kind of thing. Because we were blessed with this, I mean, this equipment, our sound equipment, the, this place, the, the nature of this space, we have begun to host different events around, uh, from uh, groups around the city. And of course, all of that pretty much went away in March of 2020. And so literally, Jason and I, uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, were sitting, talking about this, and I said, I feel like that's not dead. That, that vision is not dead for us to host uh, concerts here, special events, uh, charity fundraisers for other organizations uh, that involve entertainment or music to do... Uh, spiritually based theater arts, performing arts, fine arts type things here. I said, I don't think that's dead. I think we're supposed to return to that because um, six years ago, what you're looking at right now didn't exist. Right? None of this was here in this format to be able to do those kinds of things. And the amount of uh, resources, both financial and people resources that God brought to bear on that 
honestly without our asking, just because we had expressed a vision for that, and then God just came alongside us, was, was truly stunning and miraculous. And so I said, I, th- I think we're supposed to pick that back up. That day, I got an email from Taylor University coming out in Indiana that they're coming here to Alaska. They're going to be here the week uh, of March, is that close? March 18th, 19th. They're going to be here in this place on Saturday, March 26th, 5 o'clock p.m., 50 plus voice, college choral group singing sacred music right here on this stage. That day that I said to Jason, I think we're supposed to stick to that. I think that's still supposed to happen. I go home and there's an email, and that comes together. A few days later, I get a contact from my friend Aaron Mitchell, one of the directors of TBA Theater that we've done partnerships with for a long time. They're planning, Lord willing, to take a group of high school students to Edinburgh, Scotland this summer for a theater uh, event to perform. She called and said, what do you think about partnering with us to do a fundraiser cabaret, like Broadway-type show? That was like two days later. And then just last week, a local group, a very talented young ladies, Pipeline Local Project, a, free, a female trio a cappella that we're friends with, contacted me. And they're doing an event with uh, an organization that I have uh, some ties to called AK Child and Family, which works with uh, therapy, Trauma for families and children's foster homes, adoption, faith-based organization, and they said, "Would you be interested in partnering with us to host a fundraiser for AK Child and Family concert in your space?" And so we're exploring that. And so it's just like I love it when those things happen. Where we, in my, in, to my understanding, we get in tune with what God's trying to do, and when we finally are, when we're in the right place for it. He begins to put his plans into place. And so I wanted to be encouraged about that and by that. And then as we talk next week about some of the other things that are on our radar, if you'll just continue to pray with us, that God will show us what he intends to do and that we'll be faithful to that and that also we'll be flexible to adjust as our circumstances require. I'm very dry this morning. Hopefully my speaking will be Right, but today we're going to talk about why. Why do we do this thing called church? Now, the, I've got seven points. The first one is, is pretty low-hanging fruit, but it has value in this context like it does in many other contexts. And the first one is, this, this is I don't have scripture verses to share with you about this one because you can go find a ton of these uh, from the Old Testament through all the way to the end of the New Testament. But church is historic. Now, the modern day New Testament church obviously was instituted in the time of Christ. But prior to that, we had the recording of God's people gathering in the temple, celebrating together, worshiping together, families joining together with other families. So, at, at the first sort, we could say that church is historic. The form of it, the shape of it, the practice of it uh, has changed at different times over the centuries. Uh, different uh, organizations or denominations, uh, even different cultures, and maybe it may have different ways of expressing that historical nature of meeting together, but it does have some qualities 
that they all share, and there's some scripture that's going to touch on that here in just a moment, but that's the first one, and so I just wanted to kind of put that one right at the top. It's just, it, it is historical. Throughout the history of those who have been followers of God, the God of the Bible, they have not only gathered together, but they've been commanded to gather together in addition to the individual expression of their faith, the practice of their faith outside of the church or the temple or the synagogue. And so that's powerful. There are other things that we might talk about in the future, theological ideas where we say there's some scriptural foundation for this theological belief, but what also helps to confirm that is the long, rich tradition and history of those who have been believers who come long before us, who reach all the way back to the beginning of those stories that have been given in an oral fashion or they've been written down and communicated through generations and generations, that we can't just easily dismiss some theological principles based on maybe modern sensibilities or cultural shifts because it makes us feel better to exist in the world in which we exist because we have to be cognizant both of, of what Scripture tells us and then also how that might be foundationally supported by historical thought and idea about those kind of things. So that's the first one. So then the next one is uh, the first, this, so this is really my first one. I feel like the, the first one sort of a, it's over here by itself. These all have scripture attached to them. So the first one is Jesus went to church. If we are to be imitators of Christ, we should look at the life of Christ. And Jesus went to church. If you'll go with me to Luke chapter 14, Luke chapter 14, verse 16. Oh, that doesn't look great. <laughs> I love this passage of Scripture, but that's not the passage I was going to do. So Jason, uh, go with me. Go to Mark chapter 1. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. I just goes right along with the rest of the morning we had before you all showed up here. <laughs> this is one of those days where you're like, who is this going on? Luke chapter 4. I get, I'm kind of excited about those days, though, because that's usually when also God speaks in a way that I wasn't expecting. Uh, he's, he's so good. Um, and it reminds me, and hopefully reminds uh, those of us engaged in the worship of that that it's really not our work. <laughs> it's His work. <laughs> so, sometimes when we stumble and struggle, it's when He does His best work. All right, so Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Speaking of Jesus, it says, And He came to Nazareth, Nazareth, where He had been brought up, and as was His custom. He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. Now, uh, there are other passages, and if you want to write these down or take note of them, you can. If you want to go look at them later, Mark chapter one, verse twenty-four. 
Luke 6, verse 6. You'll find those uh, reiterating a similar story, not the same event, but similar times where we just find over and over and over again there are examples of Christ going to church. For him, it was the synagogue. And so, again, if we're going to be imitators of Christ, if we're disciples of Christ, we're followers of Christ, one of the things that we're seeking to do is to follow in his example, to follow in his footsteps, those things that he did, uh, the thoughts that he expressed, the actions that he took. We would follow after those footsteps. And uh, we might think, well, synagogue is different than church that we have today, but the reality is, while they have deep traditions and historical practices in the way in which they uh, perform worship, still today in the synagogues, it still has the same elements of singing together, having fellowship with one another, building friendship and community with one another within that space, um, giving of their resources towards the work of the synagogue, People stand and read the Bible uh, from the Torah and read passages of Scripture. There is an explanation given of a deeper understanding and meaning of the text. There are prayers offered. And while the liturgy or the format may be something very specific to them, the components are very much still the same and were the same in the days of Jesus, and were the same going back far before the days of Jesus. When you read in the Old Testament about the temple and people going to the temple and worshiping, those elements were still there, they still existed. And so we honor that with our engagement with church today. Now, we have this live stream going, and we're so blessed to have both the technology available in the world and the resources here at Christ Community Church to make that available. And uh, we have no uh, intention of, of taking that away because it's a great resource and tool to use in certain circumstances. But I will say this. If you are capable, if you are able, both with uh, physical ability, time, because sometimes in this world time is so difficult to manage and, and we may not be in a position where our lives allow us to make time or space and distance. Uh, we have some folks that join us uh, from the Valley every day, especially most of the time. Most Sundays, uh, Don and Marilyn Rapp are joining us online uh, as part of our leadership here. And I uh, want them to know, by the way, we're continuing to pray for you guys. I need to check in with you this week and see how you're doing. Uh, but we have folks, uh, I don't know if Marcus and Kathy are with us uh, live today, but they are. All right, Marcus, Kathy, Lillian, I love you guys. Uh, they've been up here and have uh, worshipped with us in person and have helped us with missions, efforts uh, across the state here in our own church, uh, working with us uh, hopefully this summer out at the camp. And they join us every Sunday. And have, I, I love that. If, however, you have the time within the distance and the capability, I would greatly encourage you to come and be in this space because 
while at home you can join us in singing, you can hear the breaking of the word and the exposition of the word, what you can't get is what you get when we stand here and sing our voices together and they join together. What you can't get is that conversation that you had before and after. What you can't get is to be able to turn to that brother or sister when you're struggling and you have a friend sitting next to you here in the sanctuary of the church and say, would you pray with me? Can I tell you what's happening in my life right now? Can I just get a hug? I think we're close to back to hugging, right? Close. But that physical proximity has value. That while we are grateful for the, the way in which we can communicate across distance, it's not a it's not a perfect replacement for the gathering of the saints together. And that's point number two, actually. So the first one is, we, we want to imitate Christ. Christ went to church. Number two, this is meant to strengthen us together. Uh, go with me to Colossians 3, Colossians 3, 16. We're looking for Colossians. Uh, we're not quite sure. You find the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and take a right. About five or six books, maybe seven. And if you see Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, they're all right there together. So Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing who? One another. In all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Now, that in and of itself doesn't specifically address this environment, but it does include the concept that, that our faith walk with Christ is not a solo endeavor. It is, it is not a single space sport. It's a team sport. It's a team event. It is a family. In fact, uh, the, the next point is going to address that in a, in a deeper way. But at this, at this level, it's that we're meant to be together because this strengthens us. We can teach one another. We can admonish one another. Another passage that comes to mind is Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. And 25. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. When he says the day drawing near, what is the day? Lots of interpretations of that, but, but in the big picture, it's the, the day of his return. Uh, or the days that begin to, to, to look like they signal his return. As you live in those times, do everything that you can to meet together. Don't abandon meeting together as some fall into the habit of doing, but 
instead meet together and encourage one another. Stir up one another to do good things and to love one another. And then under that same point, under a church is meant to strengthen us together, the final one is Acts. Okay, I don't think I gave you all of these, so don't worry if you aren't keeping up with me on that. Acts 2, chapter 42. That's in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had needed. Day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. One thing I can see here that we might be missing is we don't eat together enough. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of talk about eating in here. Amen. They received their food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number. Day by day, those who are being saved. So it's meant to strengthen us together. But something else that happens when we meet together faithfully and towards a common purpose, and we engage in the things that Scripture tells us about, about breaking bread together, breaking the word together, singing hymns and songs, and encouraging and loving one another supernaturally. Then, friends, listen to that. Supernaturally, God adds to the church. He doesn't just add people, he adds people who are what? Who are being saved. Another hallmark of Christ's community church is we've never been a church that tries to engage in basically uh, sheep stealing or sheep convincing. Like, hey, we're better than the guys down the street. Don't go to that church from that Because listen, I, I, I love you. We have some folks who've come here uh, recently, and I believe that God brings people to us supernaturally. I believe that He brings people to us supernaturally. My primary goal is not to add the already convinced. I want to see people come to know Christ who are still living in darkness. That's the mission of the church: is to share the good news. God adds to his church those who are being saved. All right, third point. Uh, these are a little shorter. Romans 12, chapter. What's wrong with you today? Romans chapter 12, verse 4. Romans chapter 12. First two. So, the church is historical. Jesus went to church. The church is purpose for us is to strengthen us together. And the church is a body, not a single member. 
verse 4, Romans chapter 12, 4, as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. If we collectively are a body and parts of the body don't work or don't show up, we are incomplete. Is God gracious to continue to work and to move and to teach and to exhort? Yes, He certainly is. Would He desire us to be more complete? I think He would. He goes on to say that this body is formed in such a way that different gifts are given to different people so that they may fulfill different purposes within that body. There's another uh, passage uh, that we can refer to, famous passage, that talks about the same principle of the body. And then it goes on to describe that, that one part of the body is not any more important than the other parts of the body. Because anything that you lack diminishes your ability as a body to function to your full potential. So I'd say historical, Jesus went to church. We're to be strengthened together when we meet. We're a body, and a body that's incomplete isn't functioning the way that it should be. Number four, your pastors, whether it's here or you belong to another church, your pastors are called to be shepherds, not of a sheep, but of a flock. And I know that Jason and I take that responsibility very seriously. We've dedicated our whole lives to it. Uh, we both have skills and abilities and knowledge that we could go and do a whole bunch of other things. We have at different times in our lives. But this is what God's called us to. And, and believe you me, there have been times in the last... Jason and I have been in ministry together for 30 years. There have been times in those 30 years where events and circumstances have come around where we have certainly thought, is this really what I want to do? It would be so much easier to go and do something else. But that calling is incredibly strong to have endured certain things that we endured as pastors. And so for us it's important because we believe that God has called us and this is what it says. This is to us, so that you understand. Acts chapter twenty, verse twenty-eight. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which He obtained with His own blood. Now, there's a few things in there. One. Your pastors are commanded in Scripture to care for you. And if you're not around, it makes it difficult for us to care for you. And uh, I know uh, here's, here's a, a problem that we face as pastors. There's only so much external effort we can make sometimes. And, and like we have now, uh, there are families who are homebound because of medical issues. Uh, we're praying uh, actively right now for Rhonda, who's going through chemotherapy. 
battles and struggles with side effects of those treatments, and we're praying for God's healing through those medical interventions as well as the, the supernatural touch of His hand. And uh, Nate Lavalley is still down in Seattle after major back surgery, uh, recovering. He texted me this morning. I don't know if he's got a chance to listen this morning, but Nate, if you're listening, we love you and praying for you and, and many others. And so you can imagine in the space of a week, there's a lot of effort happening on our part to stay in touch with people who are in, in significant need, and sometimes we, we're, we, we don't have enough time. So you can help us by communicating to us what's going on in your life. Sometimes that can be face-to-face, right here in this place. We would love to pray with you and know what's happening with you, but there are physical limitations to how much we can just, just draw do on our own. And sometimes we carry the, the, the burden of that. We, we feel the weight of that. And so we're commanded here to, to care for you. The church of God. So we're commanded to care for, there's that word church, it's that body of believers, it's that historical thing, it's the same thing that Jesus was part of. Something that's supposed to strengthen us together. And so, if the church isn't doing its part to be diligent to the mission that God has given, it creates a problem for us to be able to do what we're called to do. And He won't let us care for it. And why is this so important? Because it's not just a collection of people, it's not just a club, it's not just a good thing to be part of, but the church itself, you, Christ Community Church, and the church of the globe. With the blood of Christ. And there's an element here that when we marginalize the importance of meeting together with other believers, we diminish the sacrifice that Christ has made. Now, I want to take just a small caveat here. Because I'm, I'm thinking of a couple of friends of mine who years ago tried to convince me that this form of church, like where we meet on a Sunday, sing songs together, have uh, scripture to pray, fellowship with one another, is, is not biblical. That, that the only biblical church is a house church, where people meet in a house and it's very small. And we have a form of that that we have promoted in our church for as long as I can remember, and which we still think is, is super pivotal and critical, and that is what we call life groups. It's a form of house church. It's meeting together for a more intimate discussion-type environment. We really share lives together. We believe in that. Based on Scripture, we don't believe that that's the only model. And in fact, what we see in Scripture is we see both things. We see them meeting in large groups together, perhaps, for example, in the synagogue, in the temple, when uh, some of the letters are written to the churches at Corinth, to the churches at Ephesus. Um, There are multiple gatherings, large gatherings of people who are meeting together. And we know this from historical information. So it's not one or the other, friends. It's actually both. There's a function that this serves in which God moves supernaturally, I 
through this foolishness, the Bible says, of preaching, and through the singing together of praises to God that we can't do when we're all alone and by ourselves. And then there are functions that happen within the associations of home church or life groups that don't happen here. It's they're complementary to one another. They don't exclude one another. All right, last two points. This one makes me uncomfortable. Hebrews chapter 5. Sorry, Hebrews chapter 13. Verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them. For they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with let them do this. I think it's this one. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning. For that would be of no advantage to you. Take those first words, obey your leaders and submit to them. We always understand these words in Scripture, like when we talk about you know, uh, wives submit to your husband's passage, it gets so contentious for some people. But if you don't put those in context, you create environments for abuse. And the context is here obey your leaders and submit to them, and that they are leading you in the truth of the Scripture. This is why we also tell you all the time when we're reading passages or when we're teaching, check us out. And if you have a question or a concern or a conflict, we're happy to hear about it. We may not come to agreement, but we're sure going to discuss it because we want to be teaching you what is true and what is right. We are never afraid of having more wisdom and understanding of Scripture that you might be able to provide as we try to lead you. So, obey your leaders and submit to them as they are being obedient and submitting to God and not being abusive or uh, inauthentic or teaching things that are not true from Scripture. Why should you do that? Why should you willingly follow us? Because as God has called us to be shepherds, He has also said that you will give an account for what you do to those people. So then there's also an implication that says, do this in such a way, work with your leaders in such a way that it's a joy for them to lead you. And not with groaning, because then there's no advantage to you. There's, no, there's nothing you're gaining from that. Another way uh, makes me probably even more uncomfortable in the same way. First Corinthians chapter 11. Verse 1. It's a very short verse. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Now, Paul, Paul has written this letter to the church at Corinth. There's problems that are happening. 
Paul has said at other times, I am the chief of all the saints. I'm the worst of the worst. I did the worst things and yet God rescued me. And another time he said, I don't understand myself. I know the right thing to do, but I, sometimes I don't do it. And I know the wrong thing to do. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that. This is Paul. If Baptists have a saint, it's Paul. He's responsible for the majority of the texts that we have in the New Testament. Incredible gift to the church from Paul. And he's bold enough to say this, and man, sometimes I look at that and I go, wow. But you have to understand it. It's exactly what that last verse was talking about. Submit and obey your leaders. Be imitators of me as long as I'm following Christ. I don't have any problem with saying to you, look what I do as long as what I'm doing is following Christ. I want to be an example of what God is doing. So, sheep are called to follow their shepherds, and shepherds are called to care for their sheep. And it's serious. And then finally, last one, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. I mentioned it in the context of one of the other verses, but this one really puts a, a fine point on Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. I referred to this just a moment ago, this passage, when I talked about wives submit to your husbands, but here's the husband part. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and Christ gave himself We live in a time where there are a lot of pressures and opportunities and circumstances that might cause us to minimize the importance of this thing that we call church. But to those who believe, it's, it's not just, it's not optional, it's not an add-on. This collection of people, both worldwide, all those who are believers, and then the expression of that in the local church. Jesus literally died in order that that might be available to us as believers so that we could imitate him, we could be strengthened together, we could function in a common purpose, everyone doing their part and being in their place and contributing to the whole in a way that matters, to themselves and to the others. He died so that we could be together in a loving relationship of leadership and discipleship. He died for you. So, as we go forward, those are the, those are the foundational reasons why we think this still matters. Next week, we'll talk about what we think it is we're supposed to be doing as a church together to fulfill those foundational principles. Right? Ask the worship team to come back, join me here, and uh, we're going to sing together. A couple of songs to close out with this morning.
truths and the principles behind the things that we practice, the things that we've been given through history and through tradition. Lord, thank you that your word is truthful to us, but Lord, it's also not stale or yesterday's news still relevant to us today. Lord, thank you for this church, these people, for those who are gathered here, those who are Lord, I pray that, that you will give us wisdom to know how to be faithful to your mission for us. Lord, you'll be with us. Pastor Jason and myself, that you'll have wisdom to know how to lead us. Lord, be with all of us, that we'll have wisdom to know how to work together, to serve together, fellowship together.